time. This is Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast. Podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Greetings from Greece, where I've just had a conversation with a young man who's returned from three months in a Muslim majority country, where he was sharing the gospel and making disciples. We'll call him Matthew. Well, I kind of grew up in it. Um, starting at around nine years old, I went to this training, and my dad just brought me and my sister, and we were just kind of like coloring in the back and just doing random stuff. And then um, I remember my sister was paying attention, so then I started paying attention, and I realized like, oh, I want to do this. Like, I want to share the gospel with people, and I want to make disciples. And so I remember I like we went out. Uh, that day to share the gospel with people and I shared the gospel with this lady and she came to Christ and that was just like real, like mind-blowing for me and so I think that right there it ignited like a heart for people and wanting to do the work um and so then yeah from there I just like I don't know um on and off I would share the gospel with people it wasn't like a full force like all the time but like every now and then at the skate park I would share the gospel um with my friends at school I would try to as much as I could um, and yeah, like some people came to Christ along the way and it was really cool along the way, like at the skate parks, um, we'd pray for people and um, we saw some kids come to Christ, which was cool. Um, and got to disciple some people a little bit. Um, like even like a young mom at the mall one time, uh, she gave her life to Christ. Um, so yeah, that was some of the stuff. It was mostly the skate park though, where we would see a lot of the fruit. Well, after that season, um, like me being two of seven kids, like my parents, um, they learned from mentor mentors about kind of how the importance of doing a gap semester overseas somewhere um, in a close country, uh, just to see it. My sister, she served in the Middle East in a close country, and there was a lot of fruit there. And so seeing that, um, I just prayed about doing it, going a gap semester somewhere. And uh I prayed and uh, I felt like God was calling me over to Central Asia, Central Asia in a close country over there. Um, and I started raising support and God provided the money. Um, and then I knew I wanted to bring someone along with me. Um, and so there was not really anybody in particular I wanted to come with me. Uh, but then just randomly, one of my friends visited me in California. His name is uh, Hugh. What's going here? And um, I just told him, I was like, hey, man, I was like, I'm, I'm going to a close country for three months and I wanted to ask you to pray about coming with me. And so he was like, all right, uh, probably not, but, you know, I'll pray about it. And then, like, I don't know how long after, I think it was like six months after, he was like, hey, man, I prayed about it. Um, God literally provided the money last minute for him and he, like, had the money to go. So at this stage, how old are you and how old is Hugh? We were 18. Yeah, 18 years old. And you're going off to a closed country, you mm-hmm. raise the money, and it's a Muslim country. Yes, Muslim, Muslim country. Majority country. Yep. Okay. Well, how, how did that go? Yeah, so honestly, we didn't really know we were, like, we didn't know what to expect going into it. Um, I was honestly uh, just wanting to get in with, like, a friend group um, and just... I don't know, have an Oikos to share with. Um, and so me and uh, Hugh started praying for that. 
uh, before the trip. And actually when we got there two weeks after at the skate park, we got in with like a friend group there. Um, so we really started pursuing that friend group for a while. Um, trying to share, being very like hesitant though, was sharing, um, certain words and I don't know, we were very cautious while we were there, uh, in the beginning. Um, but then we also started developing some relationships uh, at the gym with some guys over there. Um, and so yeah. you didn't have local language. So yeah. How did that work? Yeah. So we, one of the, we actually came in and were sort of introduced to the place we were in, uh, from a worker family over there, a missionary family. Um, and yeah, so they, uh, pushed us to learn some language, but it was, we learned what we could in three months. Um, we did classes for the first month for, I think it was five days a week. We did classes for four hours, um, trialing the language and we would slowly learn it, but I mean, you just learn what you can in three months. Um, but so how, how did you communicate with these people at the skate park and the gym? So me and Hugh, um, we started, uh, we actually prayed for English speaking friend group, not just any friend group, an English speaking friend group. Um, and God provided one and all the guys in there, most of them actually spoke, spoke English pretty good. And so that was how we were able to communicate and with the people. I, uh, yeah, I remember I was reading in my quiet time, uh, in Exodus about how, uh, Pharaoh was telling these midwives, um, to not have kids. And the midwives feared God over Pharaoh, over man. Um, and God blessed that and they were fruitful and multiplied still. And I saw that and, um, I just realized me, I, I'm just me personally. I was, I was not fearing God. I was fearing man. I was fearing the government there and what would happen to me. Um, and so I feel like that was a turning point uh, in the trip where um, I wanted to start being more bold. And so I, I told Hugh and we decided, yeah, let's just, let's just be bold. And so I remember um, like not that long after uh, one of our friends we met at the gym, we'll call him Brandon. Um, we started getting really close with him um, and he invited us to his birthday party at McDonald's at like 12 o'clock at night, super last minute. It's like a late night culture where we were. So we were really beat that day. We were really tired. Um, but he was feeling like, hey, we need to go, man. Like, I know we're tired, but we need to go. And so uh, we went to the McDonald's um, and we were like, all right, let's just like share our testimonies. Like, let's just do it. Let's Let's start sharing. And so we started sharing. Um, and then we got to the part where Jesus changed our lives. And I remember seeing one of Brandon's friends and we'll call him Mark. Um, and he just like lit up when he heard the name of Jesus. And he was like, oh, you guys are Christians. And we were like, yeah. And so he came over to us um, and he was talking to Hugh and he pulled out a Google Translate and Hugh like nudged me. He was kind of like, hey bro, look at this. And on the Google Translate said, how do I get baptized? And we just were like, what the heck? And so we were just like, okay, well, let's slow down. Like, um, and we kind of just like, I don't know, re-explained the gospel to him. He's like, yeah, I know this. I know this stuff. And he was like, I've been studying a bunch of religions for two years. I've, especially the Bible. Um, and he said that uh, he basically came down in studying all these religions. He came down to Islam and basically Jesus, like is Allah or Jesus is real. 
And he said he prayed to both. And he said, like, if you're real, show yourself. And he said, like, not long after he got in a car wreck that he, like, basically should have died. And his, his car rolled. Um, and it was like his car was completely totaled. And he said nothing happened to him. And he knew uh, in that moment that Jesus was real, that it was Jesus that saved him, that it was Allah. And so me and he were over here just, like, blown away by this. And we're like, all right. Um, and so we kept talking with him, um, showing him some scriptures, showing him his identity, um, in like being a believer. And, um, so then the next day we actually at a coffee shop, um, we prayed with him and he accepted Jesus into his heart. Um, and he accepted the identity of being a believer. Um, and he was just hungry to learn. And so after that, um, me and Hugh were just basically blown away by like, wow, literally right when God told us be bold, um, in that like fruit came out of that. Um, and so we started discipling him, um, and meeting with him, just basically trying to hang out with him as much as we could. Um, we were discipling him. Um, and then it came to a point where we were like, all right, um, it's a good, probably a good idea to get baptized. Um, we read the story of, uh, the eunuch. And um, uh, he just was like, yeah, I, I need to get baptized. But he was very scared at first because um, there was nowhere really to get baptized. They don't really have bathtubs in where we were. Um, and so we knew that it had to be somewhere in public. And he was uh, nervous. He was not really nervous about really the government there. He was more just embarrassed. Like he didn't want uh, people to be there. And he just, yeah, he was very nervous. Um, but then God continued to work on his heart. Um, and he just came to us one day and was like, I want to get baptized at, on the last night of Ramadan. And so we were like, wow, okay, let's do it. And so at this point, it was uh, the place we were in, it was coming off of winter. So it was pretty cold out. Um, and he invited some of his friends to come. And they were not uh, believers. They were either atheist or Muslim. Um, and yeah, he shared his testimony with these guys and they were just kind of like, you know, okay, cool. Um, but then he, he got baptized and in the water, the cold water, they saw his commitment to Jesus. And uh, yeah, after that, uh, his friends were just basically saying like, wow, like we see your faith and we respect you for it. And uh, at this point, his friends had kind of been making fun of him a little bit for being a believer and kind of be like, this isn't real, man. You're not actually a believer. And he's like, no, I am. And so that night when he got baptized kind of signified his like, this is real to his friends and his friends stopped making fun of him. Um, and yeah. And so that was basically like all of the trip um, for us. That was all the fruit that came out of it. Um, and that guy, Mark is still continuing to be followed up with by the local missionaries over there, um, being poured into, and he's hungry to grow. Um, so yeah. Wow. What, what did you learn from that three months and your experience with Mark? Yeah. Um, I learned that, well, I learned boldness there, I think. I think even in the States, I wasn't being bold enough. I, I um, was very, I think, just nervous about what people thought of me a lot. And so here in this 
country where it's like illegal to share um, really like pushed me to my limit of like, this is what boldness looks like. And, um, and I, so yeah, I think that's what, I think that was a big thing that I got taught was boldness and also just the hardship of like sharing, like discipling someone who doesn't fully know English. Like Mark, he knew English. He didn't know it all the way. Yeah. So it was a lot of Google translate involved. It was a lot of pointing him back to uh, the Bible that's translated in his language. Um, so that was definitely hard, uh, that part of it. Um, I think uh, just being over there like in a culture I didn't know um, was hard for me uh, for a lot of the time. But out of it, just seeing how God moved, it was just so worth it. And I think um, I really learned also just like obeying the Lord. Um, he's, if you just obey him, uh, he's going to bless it. Um, I think that was like, those were the two biggest things were boldness and, and that. So. What prepared you for that three months mission trip? Yeah. So, um, there was a lot of prayer involved. Um, but I was definitely equipped, um, with tools of discipleship and tools on how to share the gospel. Um, to, yeah, to do the things we did. Um, a lot of it was definitely messy when I was there, um, like how to share the gospel. I wasn't too sure about how to share with Muslim people. Um, and it, we, we knew how to approach it, but it was hard because they, uh, they think Christianity and Muslim are the same, or Islam are the same. Um, and so we had to work through that. But um, yeah, I was definitely equipped with a lot of tools for what we did there. And how did you return home? How, what was, what's different in you as a result of this, this time? Yeah, I think, um, coming back to America, uh, I just realized the, like everywhere is broken and I, I really grew a heart for, uh, like America basically. And, um, I wanted to just start sharing more. And, uh, so yeah, when I came back, it was, uh, that summer, me and my friends just started sharing with a bunch of kids at the skate park, um, where we were. And it was, it was almost easier because it was, I knew that it wasn't illegal and it was like a, it was like, I don't know, it felt free. And, um, it just, the like power of the gospel and like how much of a privilege it is to share, um, really got like highlighted to me. And so it made me want to share more, I think. So what's next for you? Uh, so right now uh, I'm attending Word of Life Bible Institute, um, learning about uh, the Bible in more depth, learning about theology. Um, and I'm also uh, just pursuing a girl right now uh, that I want to marry a godly woman. And um, we want to hopefully move back to California and just pursue the work there, whether it be paid or not. Um, but yeah, I think that's right now what's next for me um, is yeah, pursuing people uh, in California, the brokenness there, uh, the losses. I'm going to finish with a question to think about. Who are your Matthews that you're investing in today, knowing that one day God may just call them? 
to go to the ends of the earth, multiplying disciples and churches everywhere.